Now we shall be reading part 3 of lesson 2 Constitution of India of paper 1 Jurisprudence Interpretation and General Laws 2.8 Doctrine of Severability One thing to be noted in article 13 is that it is not the entire law which is affected by the provisions in part 3 but the law becomes invalid only to the extent to which it is inconsistent with the fundamental rights. So only that part of the law which will be declared invalid, which is inconsistent, and the rest of the law will stand. However, on this point a clarification has been made by the courts that invalid part of the law shall be severed and declared invalid if really it is severable. That is, after separating the invalid part, the valid part is capable of giving effect to the legislature's intent, then only it will survive. Otherwise, the court shall declare the entire law as invalid. This is known as the rule of severability. The doctrine has been applied invariably to cases where it has been found possible to separate the invalid part from the valid part of an act. Article 13 only says that any law which is inconsistent with the fundamental rights is void to the extent of inconsistency and this has been interpreted to imply that it is not necessary to strike down the whole act as invalid if only a part is invalid and that part can survive independently in ak gopalan vs state of madras air 1950 sc 27 the supreme court ruled that where an act was partly invalid if the valid portion was severable from the rest, the valid portion would be maintained provided that it was sufficient to carry out the purpose of the Act. See also State of UP and ORS versus Jay Prakash Associates Limited, SLP C 11305 of 2013. 2.9 Doctrine of Eclipse the other noteworthy thing in Article 13 is that, though an existing law inconsistent with the fundamental right becomes inoperative from the date of the commencement of the Constitution, yet it is not dead altogether. A law made before the commencement of the Constitution remains eclipsed or dormant to the extent it comes under the shadow of the fundamental rights, that is, is inconsistent with it, but the eclipsed or dormant parts become active and effective again if the prohibition brought about by the fundamental rights is removed by the amendment of the constitution. This is known as the doctrine of eclipse. The doctrine was first evolved in Bhikaji Narayan Dakras versus State of MP AIR 1955 SC 781. In this case, the validity of C.P. and Berar Motor Vehicles Amendment Act 1947, empowering the government to regulate, control and to take up the entire motor transport business was challenged. The Act was perfectly a valid piece of legislation at the time of its enactment, but on the commencement of the Constitution, the existing law became inconsistent under Article 1 of 13, as it contravened the freedom to carry on trade and business under Article 1G of 19. To remove the infirmity, the Constitution First Amendment Act 
1951, was passed, which permitted creation by law of state monopoly in respect of motor transport business. The court held that the article by reason of its language could not be read as having obliterated the entire operation of the inconsistent law or having wiped it altogether from the statute book. In case of a pre-constitution law or statute, it was held that the doctrine of eclipse would apply. The relevant part of the judgment is, the true position is that the impugned law became as it were eclipsed, for the time being, by the fundamental right. The effect of the Constitution First Amendment Act 1951 was to remove the shadow and to make the impugned act free from all blemish or infirmity. However, there was a dispute regarding the applicability of the doctrine of eclipse, whether it should be applicable to both pre-constitution and post-constitution laws or only to pre-constitution laws. Some decisions were in favour of both laws and some were in favour of pre-constitution laws only. There is no unambiguous judicial pronouncement to that effect. 2.10. Waiver The doctrine of waiver of rights is based on the premise that a person is his best judge and that he has the liberty to waive the enjoyment of such rights as are conferred on him by the state. However, the person must have the knowledge of his rights and that the waiver should be voluntary. The doctrine was discussed in Basheshar Nath v. CIT, AIR 1959, SC 149, where the majority expressed its view against the waiver of fundamental rights. It was held that it was not open to citizens to waive any of the fundamental rights. Any person aggrieved by the consequences of the exercise of any discriminatory power could be heard to complain against it. The article has been invoked in many cases. Some of the important cases and observations are Single-person law A law may be constitutional even though it relates to a single individual. If that single individual is treated as a class by himself on some peculiar circumstances. The case is Charanjit Lal Chaudhary versus Union of India AIR 1951, SC41. In this case, the petitioner was an ordinary shareholder of the Sholapur Spinning and Weaving Company Limited. The company through its directors had been managing and running a textile mill of the same name. Later, on account of mismanagement, a situation had arisen that brought about the closing down of the mill, thus affecting the production of an essential commodity, apart from causing serious unemployment among certain sections of the community. The central government issued an ordinance which was later replaced by an act known as Sholapur Spinning and Weaving Company Emergency Provisions Act 1950. With the passing of this act, the management and the administration of the assets of the company were placed under the control of the directors appointed by the government. As regards the shareholders, the act declared that they could neither appoint a new director nor could take proceedings against the company for winding up. The petitioner filed a writ petition on the ground that the said act infringed the rule of equal protection of laws as embodied in Article 14 because a single company and its shareholders were subjected to disability as compared with other companies and their shareholders. 
the Supreme Court dismissed the petition and held the legislation as valid. It laid down that the law may be constitutional even though it applies to a single individual if on account of some special circumstances or reasons applicable to him only. That single individual may be treated as a class by himself. However, in subsequent cases, the court explained that the rule of presumption laid down in Charanjit Lal's case is not absolute but would depend on the facts of each case. For a valid classification, there has to be a rational nexus between the classification made by the law and the object sought to be achieved. For example, a provision for district-wise distribution of seats in state medical colleges on the basis of population of a district to the population of the state was held to be void. P. Rajendran vs. State of Mysore, AIR 1968, SC 1012 2.11. Right of Equality Article 14-18 to 18 of the Constitution deal with equality and its various facets. The general principle finds expression in Article 14. Particular applications of this right are dealt with in Articles 15 and 16. Still more specialised applications of equality are found in Articles 17 and 18. 2.12 Article 14 Equality before the law and equal protection of the laws Article 14 of the Constitution says that The state shall not deny to any person equality before the law or the equal protection of the laws within the territory of India. As is evident, Article 14 guarantees to every person the right to equality before the law or the equal protection of the laws. The expression equality before the law, which is borrowed from English common law, is a declaration of equality of all persons within the territory of India, implying thereby the absence of any special privilege in favour of any individual. Every person, whatever be his rank or position, is subject to the jurisdiction of the ordinary courts. The second expression, the equal protection of the laws, which is based on the last clause of the first section of the 14th Amendment to the American Constitution, directs that equal protection shall be secured to all persons within the territorial jurisdiction of the Union in the enjoyment of their rights and privileges without favouritism or discrimination. Article 14 applies to all persons and is not limited to citizens. A corporation, which is a juristic person, is also entitled to the benefit of this article. Chiranjit Lal Chaudhary vs. Union of India, AIR 1951, SC 41 The right to equality is also recognised as one of the basic features of the Constitution. Indra Swane vs. Union of India AIR 2000 SC 498 As a matter of fact, all persons are not alike or equal in all respects. Application of the same laws uniformly to all of them will, therefore, be inconsistent with the principle of equality. Of course, mathematical equality is not intended. Equals are to be governed by the same laws. But as regards unequals, the same laws are not complemented. In fact, that would itself lead to inequality. Equality is a comparative concept. A person is treated unequally only if that person is treated worse than others. And those others, the comparison group, 
must be those who are similarly situated to the complainant. Glenrock Estate Private Limited vs. State of TN 2010 10 SCC 96 With this, we end Part 3 of Audio Lesson 2, Constitution of India. Please do listen to the next part.